You are listening to The Christian Publishing Show. This is the podcast for Christian authors who want to honor God through excellent writing. I'm your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr., and I have a question for you. What would you do if you had an extra two hours every day? Think about that for a moment. Well, in today's episode, you're going to learn a way to add two hours to your day. It's easy, but you're not going to like it. Today, I'm trying something new. I'm sharing an episode of another podcast. In this other podcast, author Sandy Cooper quit social media and she shares what happened as a result. If you're struggling to find time to write, this is not an episode you will want to miss. And with that, let me share with you the Balanced Mom podcast. You are listening to the Balanced Momcast, and this is episode 155. I'm your host, Sandy Cooper, and I help frazzled moms find peace. If you're a mom who sometimes feels tired, confused, or overwhelmed with balancing the demands of motherhood with everything else you've got going on, you've come to the right place. Today, I'm beginning a series on social media. Now, before you roll your eyes and turn it off because you don't think this applies to you, wait. Because as of today, 3.96 billion people worldwide use social media. That's half the world's population. And over 72% of the U.S. population. So even if you've made peace with your relationship with social media, this affects everyone. Your kids, your friends, your family, your church, your government. And as we will discover today, it affects you and your time. Listen in. I want to clarify from the get-go that I am not anti-tech. I love and use many aspects of technology, evidenced by the fact that you are listening to this via my podcast, which requires me to use technology. I also have a website. I also use a smartphone, and I rely heavily upon GPS and my weather app. I talk to my friends over Voxer. I do online banking, and I listen to my music on Spotify. Yesterday, I took my daughter out to lunch, and the restaurant was a little busy, and we were in a little bit of a hurry, and rather than waiting for the sweet server to bring our check, I was able to pull it up and pay it in like one minute with the QR code that was at the table. And I looked at Eliana, and I said, I love technology, and I actually do. It's all wonderful, and I'm not living off the the grid by any stretch of the imagination, Now, I am intrigued by women who mostly live off the grid, and there's this little teeny part of me that desires to be like that a little bit, but I am not one of them, and it's really hard for me actually to envision doing what I feel like God has called me to do without the use of technology. So I want to get that out in the open right now. I am not anti-tech. In fact, I was fully immersed in social media beginning way back in 2008 when I started a blog and I joined Facebook. So I was like an early-ish adopter to this technology. And if you followed me for a while, you know this story. I shared it or I shared versions of it a few times on the podcast and on the blog. But I want you to understand why I'm talking about it today and how This has transitioned from something being only about me and my decisions to now being about you and your decisions. 
I remember the first day that I joined Facebook back in 2008 when it was still a baby platform. Well, it was like a toddler platform. It was about a year and a half old. It had opened to the public in September 2006, and I had joined it about a year and a half later. And I remember feeling like I had walked into this giant private party that I didn't even know I was hosting. My actual friends from actual church were talking about their actual lives, and they were all joking and bantering, and it it was a lot of fun, honestly. And I could find and communicate with dear friends I had not seen in years. And so I decided to literally look up every single person that I could remember from my childhood up until like the most recent person that I had just met at church a little while ago. I reunited with all my old high school friends. That was one of the most rewarding periods of interaction I had ever had on social media. It was priceless. It was 100% worth it. And it wasn't long before I realized that Facebook was also a really effective way to share my writing. So I had started my blog just before joining Facebook. And whenever I posted something new, I'd share the link with my friends on Facebook and everyone would see it. And many of them came over to become readers of my blog. And that was really exciting. And not only that, My friends would then share my posts with their friends, and so on, and so on. I witnessed firsthand the power of this when in 2014, it was January of 2014, I published a short blog post entitled, What to Do When Someone is Mean to Your Child. And it went viral on both Facebook and on Pinterest. And in one day, that post was shared hundreds of thousands of times, and the influx of traffic crashed my little website. And to this day, it remains my most viewed post ever, still from Facebook traffic. So that viral post then brought with it thousands of new followers and friend requests. And many of you found me through all of that. And I'm so thankful. And this meant though, that I was like no longer just communicating with long lost friends and family, but I was now communicating with complete strangers. And that has its own advantages and disadvantages. And this wasn't just happening to me, but it was happening to all writers who were on social media. And book publishers took notice, not necessarily of me, but of writers in general, Since I was actively seeking publication for my book ideas at the time, publishers and literary agents told me repeatedly that I needed to focus on building up my following, and they gave it a name and they called it platform. I need to build my platform on social media. So now it's no longer, it was no longer just a fun thing to connect with friends and family, but it was something I needed to actively grow and learn how to navigate successfully so that I could land the all-coveted book contract. So fast forward about eight years. It's now 2016. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, and this is all taking up a tremendous part of my life. Now, I don't know the exact amount of time I was spending back in 2016, but I would venture to say that it was somewhere between maybe four and six hours per day, realistically. I was trying to keep up with every person I had ever met, literally, and I was trying to grow this, quote, platform to get the attention of book publishers, plus I was now keeping up with my kids' school in the private parent Facebook group, and 
My kids were now old enough to have their own social media accounts, so I was actively monitoring their presence. Well, the two oldest ones anyway. And I was paying actual cash money to be part of several Facebook communities to connect with and learn from other writers and entrepreneurs. And all of that contributed, and I've told you this before, to an undeniable and certifiable and completely understandable social media addiction. Now, I should mention that when I opened my first social media account in 2008, I had an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a newly adopted one-year-old. I barely had enough time to shower, much less spend four to six hours a day bantering with old high school friends on the internet. So I started to set all kinds of boundaries around my time. I took short breaks. I took long breaks. Sometimes I'd break for Lent or the month of January or for the summer. Sometimes I'd remove my apps from my phone on the weekends and put them back on Monday morning. And all of that was good. But every single time I'd return, I had this underlying resentment starting to build against social media. It felt very intrusive it felt very addictive, and it felt like this heavy weight that I was forced to bear. I hated the fact that a public life online was now considered normal and expected. In fact, people who didn't have social media were considered weird. It's like choosing to live without electricity or running water, like you're a freak if you don't have social media. So every time I tried to break... Like just take a break. I'd be gripped with this fear. So I was, I was afraid I'd lose touch with my friends and family because I haven't lived near family since I got married. So this was the main way I was keeping up with many of them. Um, I was afraid to stop monitoring my older kids who were teens and had active social media accounts, rightfully so. Like I couldn't stop monitoring them. And I was afraid to stop sharing my work because this was the primary metric that publishers and agents were using to measure my ability to sell books. I felt trapped. Fast forward to September 2019. Against the advice of almost everyone in the writing industry, I decided to take a one-year social media hiatus to free up time to write my second book. Now, by this time, I had created some really good boundaries around my time, but with everything that I used social media for, I was still spending an average of two hours a day there, two hours that I needed to write a book. And that year off, so I take, I logged off social media in September 2019, and that year that I was off, it really gave me a taste of what life would be like without social media. I came back to social media a little over a year later with very mixed feelings. On the one hand, I mean, honestly, I did miss everyone. I had some real friends who I only interacted with over social media, and I miss them. I also was super excited to update my friends about moving to Florida because I had moved during that time and releasing my new book because I had written a whole book and published it during that time. And I follow a lot of fun and life-giving and godly people on social media, and I missed seeing their posts. There are aspects of social media that are genuinely enjoyable. On the other hand, I really, really, really enjoyed being off social media for that year. Like, really. I was off social media when the pandemic hit, 
and I was off social media during the 2020 elections. And when I returned, it was evident to me that social media had taken a really weird and dark and divisive turn. So you know how like when your relatives don't see your kids for a year, and when they do, they are shocked at how much they've grown? You realize your kids have grown because you're replacing their pants and shoes every three months, but your family doesn't see that. And, And you don't really notice that they're growing other than the fact that you keep replacing all their pants and shoes because you're seeing their growth in like teeny tiny increments every day. But your family who hasn't seen them since last year, they see your kids and it's shocking how much they've grown. Okay, that's how it was for me when I came back to social media after that year. It had changed so much and I know all of you who were still on it knew it was changing too, but to someone who like got off and got back on, I was like, whoa, what happened? So even with my fresh resolve and my good healthy boundaries after my break, I still questioned whether or not this was the best, most God-honoring use of my time. So basically, I spent the next four months fully engaged on social media, but also thinking and praying and asking God if I'm even supposed to be there at all. Like, what would happen if I did leave for good? Or what would happen if I just shrunk my social media to the absolute bare necessity and not this thing that still took up an average of two hours a day? I wrote out this giant pro-con list because that's what I do when I need to make big decisions, and I talk to other people who I love and trust I regularly Googled things like, okay, what happens when you leave social media? Is it okay for me to quit all social media? And authors who don't use social media and how to have a successful writing career without social media. I was looking for an example or a pathway out, I guess. Like, just show me someone who is doing life in the modern world successfully, like with kids and an online business, but without social media. And if you show me that, I'll follow. Like, I'll follow her path. Coincidentally, the book that I had written on my one-year social media hiatus was my second book, Is the Voice in My Head God or Just Me? It's my Bible study on discerning the voice of God. So I literally worked through my whole Bible study, it's very good by the way, you should buy it, to figure out what God was saying to me about social media. And I know this is not true for many of you, but for me, this angst around social media has been an underlying issue for years. If you follow me, you know, because I talk about it a lot. I felt like if, if if I only had like a definitive answer, I could stop questioning And I could just move forward, like one way or another. Like once, if I can just define what my role is supposed to be there, then I can just do that and move on. So what I sensed God was saying to me in those months after I returned was not a hard no. Like I never heard God say, thus saith the Lord, get thee off social media. I felt like he wasn't telling me that I shouldn't be there. But what I felt like he was saying to me is that I didn't have to be there. I felt like he was giving me permission to let it go and to lay it down. Now, if you follow me, you remember that last year was my, my whole theme for last year was my year of laying down weights 
so that I could run unencumbered. Remember when we talked about that? Yeah. So this was a weight for me, and it was not helping me run. It took up too much of my time. It took up too much of my thoughts, too much of my attention, and I needed to lay it down. And so on March 18th, 2021, I wrote out a blog post and I recorded a podcast and I wrote a very brief exit post on Facebook and Instagram and told everyone where they could find me. And I stopped engaging in everything except for a paid writers group that I'm still a part of and a cooking group for the culinary school that I was attending at the time. And with that, that was that, or so I thought. Okay, so I didn't want to make a big deal about it because I felt like it was a very personal decision and I felt like I had already beat the thing to death with you guys. All the podcast listeners say, amen, Sandy, until last year. And I was on a podcast tour for my third book, Mom, You're Amazing, because I wrote another book with that time that I was off of social media. And of course, Well, you may not know this, but whenever you're a guest on another podcast, it's customary for the host to ask at the end, where can people find you? And that's when you give the host your website and your email and your podcast, and you give them all your social media links. Well, I would give them all of that stuff, and then I would say, and I'm no longer on social media, to which the host would say, what? What do you mean? Like, not at all? Is that allowed? How do you do that? How are you keeping in touch with people? How are you building your audience? And I, I felt like maybe she too needed permission to take a break or leave altogether. Or maybe she was just curious about how that looked because it is kind of weird. And many of these hosts wanted to talk about it further off the recording. And several of these women that I talked to outside of the podcast or on their podcast ended up taking their own social media breaks after our conversations. And that made me realize, hmm, maybe other moms need to talk about this too. Because as I stated in the intro, in 2022, 3.96 billion people are on social media. And 72.3% of those in the U.S. use social media. And I wondered, how many of them feel trapped? or at the very least, want permission to leave, and maybe need an example and a pathway out of how to get there. So I decided then in June to survey you and ask you about your relationship with social media. And I went to those of you who are on my email list. If you're not, um, you can join that at any point. And many of you took the survey too. Now, obviously, this is not a worldwide sample, but it is a pretty good picture of what an overwhelmed Christian mom feels. And guess what? 50% of you who took that survey agreed with this statement. I feel trapped by social media. I want to leave, but I can't. Half of the people that I surveyed said, you want to leave, but you can't. Hmm. So for the first time, I looked at this as not only for me, but for the moms I know and the moms I serve. And so I spent the summer researching. I read or reread eight books about social media. I watched documentaries. I listened to podcasts. I looked up stats. I read studies. And I analyzed my own survey results. And I learned that all my gross feelings about social media 
were warranted. And this is what I'm talking about over the next couple episodes. This is the stuff that had I known it earlier, I would not have wrestled so hard with the decision to take a long break and make social media so small in my life that it barely exists. And now I'm actually thinking that when I was searching for someone to forge the pathway out and show me how to navigate life in 2022 without social media, that maybe that person is me. Maybe I'm the one to forge the pathway. And so here we are. Last week in episode 154, I gave you one of the main reasons I left social media when I shared with you six radical self-care choices I make for my mental health. And I told you how we now have data and research showing the effect of social media on depression and anxiety and loneliness, not only in us, but especially in our young women and teens. Your mental health is reason enough to take a break from social media or leave altogether. I won't rehash all of that. I encourage you, please, if you have issues with mental health at all or want to um, care for yourself well in the mental health area, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 154. And the one about social media was the last self-care practice that I mentioned in that list of six. Now, you may not struggle with depression and anxiety, and that's wonderful. I hope you don't. But this is something that we all need to deal with concerning social media. And that thing is our time. Today, I'm going to talk about the time suck of social media. 81% of the moms I surveyed said their biggest concern about their own social media use was the time suck. The average person in the U.S. spends two hours a day on social media, and as I said, that was true for me as well, and that was after I had reduced it down to what felt like the bare minimum. Now, most of the moms I know, including most of you, are overwhelmed and tapped out completely, and you do not have an extra two hours to spare. You would not be listening to this podcast if you didn't need at least a little bit of help with overwhelm. Most of us aren't setting aside a dedicated two hours a day to social media, so we may not even realize that we're using time like that. Instead, it's, it's like these little increments of time. It's our go-to whenever we have downtime or we want to take a break from whatever else we're doing. Or we decide we're just going to go in and we're just going to go into the Facebook group and check what time the kids' soccer practice is tonight. And we look up and we suddenly realize we have been scrolling for 30 full minutes. It's this slow drip of time that adds up to hours a day. Now, here's the thing. It's not accidental that you get sucked in or that you want to check it every chance you get. Social media is designed to keep you there. It's designed to get you there. It's designed to addict you. And then it's designed to hold you there as long as possible. Technologist Aza Raskin, he invented the concept of infinite scroll on your feed, which allows you to literally scroll infinitely, thus the name, without ever reaching the end of your feed. So do you remember when you used to get to the end of your Instagram feed and it would say something like, that's all for now, or that's all for today, or nothing new, or it said something like that. You used to be able to reach the end of your feed, but now thanks to infinite scroll, 
you will never, ever reach the end of your feed. Aza Raskin, this is what he said. He's the one who invented this. Infinite scroll makes you spend 50% more of your time on social media sites. Every day, as a direct result of this invention, the combined total of 200,000 more human lifetimes every moment from birth to death is now spent scrolling through a screen. These hours would have been spent on some other activity, and that time is just completely gone. One of my biggest learnings as a designer or technologist is making something easy to use doesn't mean it's good for humanity. End quote. The inventor of the technology confesses that his invention has not been good for humanity. Every day, a combined total of 200,000 lifetimes is spent scrolling on a screen. Let that sit for a minute. Can you imagine how much time combined we are spending on social media? Psalm 90.12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. As humans, we are bound by time. We can't go about our days squandering time as if it's an inexhaustible resource. It's not. How we spend it matters. It matters here. It matters in eternity. Simply put, time spent on social media means time not spent elsewhere. It's the whole concept of a yes to one thing means a no to something else. A yes to social media means a no to everything else that you could be doing instead. Now, I knew that I was spending a lot of time there, but honestly, the biggest shocker was when I went back and calculated how much time I had spent there since I joined. So back in 2019, when I first figured this out, it was based on two hours a day because that's about how much I was spending in 2019. So I I did the math. I'm not a math girl, but I did it. And I figured out how many hours that was per day, per week, per month, per year. And then I was like, hmm, I wonder how much time I've spent on social media since I joined. Well, I calculated that and I had spent over a year and three months of my life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year on social media. Now, by the way, I have this cool little calculator for you. If you plug in the amount of time you spend per day on social media and the year you joined, it will tell you in years and months how much time you've spent on social media. It is completely eye-opening. You can find that calculator at thescooponbalance.com slash make social media small. That's all one word, make social media small. And the link is in the show notes. So I was looking at this two hour a day thing and I was, I was looking at losing a year and three months of my, my life to social media, which coincidentally or not was the length of my hiatus over hiatus. That was hard to say, which was the length of my hiatus over 2019 and 2020. It was the exact same amount of time I was off social media. So I knew exactly what I could accomplish in a year and three months. And I asked myself, is this how I want to spend the last couple years of me having children in my home? 
because I have an almost 16-year-old and a 21-year-old, and they are not going to be here much longer. Is this how I want to spend that time? Is this how I want to spend the rest of my life, like my 50s and 60s and 70s? What would I do if someone handed me an extra two hours a day and said, here you go, do with it whatever you want? I mean, can you imagine? And then I was like, hmm, I wonder what you would do with an extra two hours a day. And so I asked you this question on my survey. If you had an extra two hours a day, what would you do with that time? And here's what you said. 73% of you would read books. 60% of you would exercise. Over half of you would spend more time with loved ones or work on your hobby or pray or read your Bible. 40% of you would cook healthier meals. 40% of you would slow down. 40% of you would sleep. Guess how many of you said, I'd spend it scrolling Instagram, or I'd definitely watch more TikTok videos, or hmm, I'd love to read more of the politically divisive posts of my friends and relatives. Zero percent. Mama, you could use a social media break. And the first compelling reason is the effect it has on your mental health, which we talked about last time. But the second compelling reason is the time suck. And while you can't ever get that time back, I will never get back that year and three months of my life that I spent there. My hope is that by taking a break or by making social media small in your life, that you can free up some time that you desperately need to invest in meaningful, life-giving, and eternally relevant activities. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a collective social media break beginning November 1st. I'm calling it the Make Social Media Small 7-Day Challenge. You can go to thescooponbalance.com slash small, all one word, to learn about it and you can sign up there as well. Now, of course, if you want to take a break now or you want to do it on your own terms and your own timing, then that is awesome. Please do that. But if you want me to lead you through it and you want to do it as a group of moms and women and we're all logging off at the same time to create some distance, then join us on November 1st. I would love it if we got a thousand of us to do this all together. That's my goal is to get a thousand of us to do it together. Now, I know. I know right now there are more than a thousand of you listening to this right now. So if you all just go over there and we can all do it together, wouldn't that be cool? So you go over to the scooponbalance.com slash make social media small. And at the very least, just go try the calculator to see how much time you've spent on social media since you've joined because the calculator is at the very top of that page. Now, maybe you are like, I don't know. I'm not sure I need a break or not. Well, I have something to help you decide. I created a new quiz. Yay! Don't we all love a good quiz? I do. It's super quick. It's only eight questions, and it will help you decide if it's time for you to break up with social media like a bad boyfriend, or maybe you are in the minority of people who have a really healthy relationship with social media, and you're using it for all the good reasons, and you're your very best self when you're there. I don't know anyone like that personally, but I know people like that exist. This quiz will let you know if that is you. So the link to that quiz is also in the show notes. 
I know I threw a lot at you today, so thank you for sticking with me to the end of the show. I hope that at the very least, it reminded you that time is finite and what we do with it really does matter. So whatever you do, use it for the glory of God. Thanks again for listening to episode 155 of the Balanced MomCast. If you're looking for the show notes so that you can take that quiz or use that fun calculator or find out about the challenge, you will find those show notes at thescooponbalance.com slash 155 for episode 155. And I want to thank Sophia for creating the page that those show notes exist. Also, after you take that quiz, so if you go over and take the quiz, would you kindly share it on Facebook or Twitter? When you get those quiz results, you'll see a button at the bottom where you can easily share it on your social media with your friends and followers. And that will help me so much to spread the word because the people who need a break from social media are actually on social media. They are your friends and family. And so if you please share that quiz, it will help me like from a grassroots level, get the word out that people can take a break and we're leading the challenge beginning November 1st. That's all for today. I pray that you would recognize the brevity of life and use your time according to God's will for you. When you do, you will be more focused and less frazzled. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. See you next week. The next two episodes in this podcast series are already out. I'll have a link to them in the show notes. I also will have a link to that quiz. If you want to take it, you can find those show notes at christianpublishingshow.com or just go to thescooponbalance.com if you want to go to Sandy Cooper's website directly. Also, special thanks to Sandy for giving us permission to share her episode with you on this podcast feed. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.